are so excited for tonight. We are excited to have Nick speak for us. It's gonna be a great time. Let's go ahead and worship. Let's go ahead and stand and go ahead and join us.
just sing out and celebrate our hope in Jesus. He's so good, so faithful. So welcome, we're glad you're here. Take just a minute before you sit down, say hello to some people around you, and then you can check out the screen. other we need to uplift this message of hope around the world to know that we are one the body of Christ is one and together we can hold each other we can uplift each other we can support each other we can encourage each other Thank you, Union Chapel, for hosting us tonight and last night. Uh, we had a wonderful 5 p.m. service, an awesome youth service last night. Last night, we had 5,000 people watching on TikTok the whole thing. And so TikTok's watching, what's that? 5-0. 50,000 people watched the whole thing last night on TikTok. Ver- verified. 50,000. Um, and of the people in the room yesterday of, I don't know, 550 uh, in the room, approximately 250 gave their life to Jesus Christ. So it was awesome. Last service we saw about five, and uh, we don't know who you are, but welcome. We love you. And uh, we just want you to know about the Jesus that we sing of. I don't know if you go to church. I don't know if you've never been to this church. Please put your hand if you've never been to this church real quick. Nice and hand, oh, nice and high. Awesome. Can we welcome the visitors? Hello, the visitors. Um, has anyone seen me face-to-face speak before? I'm so curious. I have been to Indiana. Okay, a couple of you. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, Indiana uh, actually has some root deep, deep down. Um, for our ministry where the prison ministry was birthed. Um, You saw that video and you saw the number of 16,000 inmates. Well, let me just tell you, we have someone here. I'm not going to have him stand up. But we have someone here who was incarcerated uh, for 20 years. He gave his life to Jesus, found our prison ministry, and not only was blessed by the curriculum there, but told other people about Jesus Christ and teaching the free in my faith in the facility where he was at. And he's here tonight. And we got to meet him. 
and get a testimony. And I tell you, man, you're going to be a preacher. And I, I tell you, man, it, it's awesome. Whatever God has for anyone, it's so cool. And, and, and on, on Friday night, there was a seven-year-old little girl. And uh, she'd, we found out that she'd been um, actually having thoughts of giving up suicide. And, and I just wanted you all to know that, that she gave her life to Jesus Christ on Friday night. And... You know, when you look at all the brokennesses, if you will, all the brokenness and items of brokenness, um, when, when you've gone through 74 countries up to 38 times meeting now 21 presidents and seeing 1.1 million people get saved face to face, and then being able to preach the gospel to over 700 million people, uh, nearly 10% of the world, um, you have a heart for everyone because... Everyone has a broken heart, and Jesus can heal them all. And there's not one broken heart that God cannot heal. And you might look at me a little different. I have no arms and legs, but it's not about my body. It's about my heart. It's not about, will God give me arms and legs, even though I have a pair of shoes in my closet just in case he does. But it's about my heart and how he healed that, how he redeemed that. And he gives us that celebration to know I'm free. I am I'm whole. Uh, I am a, a, a champion in the hands of Jesus Christ with someone else. And we're all champions for the brokenhearted. And, and this is the campaign for 2022 where we couldn't travel. And so the ministry has gone really triple downing, quadrupling on digital live streams. Right now there are people, watch this, using technology right now on lifewithoutlimbs.org slash live. There is someone typing while I am speaking, transcribing me in English. It goes to the ether and AI driven 90 to 95% accuracy. Tonight people are watching in over 100 languages tonight. In over 100 languages. And it's phenomenal. And so we don't need to travel, 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 travel. We, we, we've been seeing blueprints of people giving their life to Jesus Christ in prisons I'll never set foot in. Um, and, and this is the incredible excitement of the Minister of Life that limbs in. And it all birthed here, the prison ministry in Indiana. And uh, we're so excited to be here. And um, God bless you. Uh, if you don't know who God is, our hope is that you're encouraged to start a faith journey with Jesus that you'll never be the same again after that. Um, I am so blessed uh, to be a husband to Kanae. Oh, wait a second. Stop. Oh, good. I got, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, wait. Go back. Go back. Go back. I forgot. I know. Now, nah, let's do this. All right. Not that I love one photo more than the other, but I forgot there were two other photos. This is the best photo of all. Of course, it's me and my wife. She, her name is uh, Kanae, and um, she's half Japanese, half Mexican. We call that Japsican. <laughs> we, uh, we just celebrate our 10th anniversary, and we have these. Thank you. It's great. It's awesome. She's the best. Um, Next photo are our four children, um, Kiyoshi, who's nine, 
Dayan, who's six, and twin girls who were four. Uh, so, so blessed. Our quiver is full biologically. We're done. Um, but uh, as the kids grow older, it is on our heart to uh, possibly foster a child or two along the way. Um, ministry photos as well. That's the ones I forgot. Just letting you know, please pray for Ukraine. Obviously, I know you are. But this was 800,000 people in Kiev. In 2017, we preached the gospel in front of 800,000 people. 400,000 gave their life to Jesus Christ. With 26 countries watching, uh, it was incredible. And uh, the day that we really hope that will happen in America, look at this. This is the national government of Ukraine on their knees on national live television as I lead them in a prayer. God, forgive us of our sins and heal our land. Um, and we repent. And so the whole word re- repent means you also got to stop sinning. And I'm not saying that this is happening because of this prayer or that or this or that or Ukraine or Russia. But I'm just saying we're hoping that the American government as America, when we look at the church, when we look at the sins of America, and you look at Sodom and Gomorrah, can I just say, yes, God is not the God to cause pain. We know that, that the enemy, right, the earth is the, his dominion. And the enemy is called Satan and is described in the Bible as a roaring lion. This is more than just a book. He has things called demons around him. He's hordes of demons, just like God has angels, the fallen angels that went with Satan. Okay, it's all in the Bible. Demons. And I've seen some, and that's why I'm not an atheist, because I've seen them. Uh, And I'll tell you, I'm also uh, knowing that God's real, because so many amazing things have happened. I'll share that with you in my life. But when you see in, 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 in this world, the earth as as the dominion who roars like a lion, seeking who he can devour, kill, and destroy. We also know that God indeed blesses countries who abide by his law. Um, And as a country in our jurisdiction, um, I, I just want you to know that as Christians, there are so many things that we do need to start talking about. That's not political. Uh, we do need to understand it's all a Jesus topic, a moral value when we talk about 77 million abortions in America. Um, and, and the human traffic has quadrupled in Texas and, and the foster care and, and all these things. Um, I want you to know that we all in God's hand can be a champion and, and we are praying uh, for America. We're praying for the government of America. We're praying uh, that one day we would truly repent because I tell you, if, uh, if, if God, I'm telling you, if America keeps going down a certain way, uh, you'll see it in the Bible. Uh, he, he actually may have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if he doesn't punish America for our sins. And I just want you to know that God is a just God. God is a just God. And, and he's not punishing us or, or, or right now, us for our sins right now. But when we are obedient and we are under the umbrella of God, his blessing is there. His protection is there. Um, and it's not about us trying to be righteous and goody, goody, goody. 
but it's about God, help me in how I live my life individually, help me in my marriage, help me in my fatherhood, help me in my neighborhood, help me in my church, help me in my country, be obedient to the calling for being a champion for the brokenhearted. And I may not be a foster family, but we're going to cook meals for the foster family. I may not ever go to so-and-so, but I'm going to make sure that instead of going over there, I'm going to sponsor a kid, or I'm going to do this, or I'm going to, you know, whatever that is, we all can be finding the one thing that I was looking for, I was craving for as a kid, which is purpose. True purpose in true hope. And many people in, in life, they would come up to me and say, oh, God bless you. God's going to plan for you. And I'm like, okay, it would be good to know what it is. And uh, I prayed for arms and legs, and arms and legs didn't come. And, I mean, it would be really cool if all of a sudden that these, this roof of the building opened up, and the angels of the Lord sung, and, and bang, arms and legs would happen. That would be so cool. <laughs> and I never... I, Oh, I, I, I'll never forget the first time we prayed for someone who gave their life to Jesus Christ. I was 19. I've been preaching the gospel since I was 19, 20 years. And uh, we went to South Africa, and, and we, we, we spoke at a church, and, and they came forward, and we took him out back, and, and we f- prayed for every single person. And, and this woman came up to me like this. Her, her back was crooked like this. And I said, so what's, what's the story with your back? And she said, I was in a motorcycle accident. The doctors don't want to touch my back because they reckon uh, there's a really high chance I'm going to be paralyzed if they go there with the knife. And so we prayed. I mean, I didn't lay hands on her. We, uh, we prayed. <laughs> and, and in Jesus' name be healed. In Jesus' name be healed. In Jesus' name be healed. And her back, whoop, her legs became even. And we are like, Like, we know we just prayed for that, but when you see it, you're like, whoa. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, I'm ready. (laughs) And since then, I've seen 12 different miracles. In fact, we went to the red light district of Mumbai in India, and I I got to speak in front of 650 trafficked, 650 trafficked about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we could only rescue two of them from their slavery that night. And then we went out there and, and, and so many gave their life to Jesus. But then they had to go back as a forced slave. And it was like, whoa, I've seen a lot. Uh, and and I, I went out there in the red light district and there was a house and there was a woman on the floor. And she hadn't walked and we prayed for her. She hadn't walked for four years and she got up walking that night. And the person who took me there was, was a dear friend of mine, Dave Raj, and he took me back to the, 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 the hotel, and he, he's just beside himself. I said, that was awesome. He said, yeah, Nick, but you have no idea. I said, what? He said, that woman that you prayed for, I didn't want to tell you who she was. I said, who was she? He said, Nick, you know how I to- took you around the 10 acres of six-story highs of the brothels of these children who were trafficked? I said, Yeah. He said in 1960s, there was nothing here. Land. 
the woman that you prayed that God would heal and heal that night was the woman who started human trafficking on those 10 acres. Nick, she's been responsible for the 40,000 slaves that's gone through that 10-acre brothel district. And it blew my mind. It's amazing when we feel like, well, God's not going to heal me because I've done too much sin. Look at that story. No, the Bible says it's not anything to do with our sin, whether he blesses us or curses us today in the New Testament. When we read all these things, we know that we're broken vessels and we know the fight between truth and lies. And we also know, though, that God is the God of love. And so do you see this table? If this is the way to truth that God has for you, he's got a plan, hope, and a future, the lies are going to say, you're not good enough, you're, you're alone, Nick, you're never going to uh, uh, get, you know, get a life where you won't be bullied, you'll never get arms and legs, and God's not even real, he doesn't love you, and you'll never get married, even if you got married, you can't even hold your wife's hand, and even if you had kids, you can't even hold your kids when they're crying, and you're never going to get a job, you're just a burden to your parents, all you see is bad, and all you feel is good, why don't you just try to give up? And so I tried. At age 10, I went to my bathtub, And I convinced myself that what I saw ahead, what I felt, and what I knew, I concluded, that's it, I'm ready to check out. I tried to drown myself in my bathtub, and as I'm turning over at age 10, trying to fill up my lungs with water, first, how much do you swallow before you breathe it in? It was a very scary moment for me. And then as the third time I rolled over, I was stopped by one thought, by the grace of God. Everyone say, by the grace of God. By the grace of God, I saw in my mind a vision of my mom and my dad crying in my grave, wishing they could have done something more. And I realized at that moment, there's one thing worse than being the son that's the burden without arms. It's the son who's the burden who then gives them a lifetime burden of wishing they could have done something more for their burdensome son. And blaming themselves. So by the grace of God, without knowing what's ahead, all I could do was take one day at a time. One day at a time. How to get out of depression? It's hard to get out of depression. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, it's hard. Panic attacks. It's hard. Some of us need counseling. Trust me, I went through counseling last year. I'm the preacher. Yeah. Why? Because we sometimes need to talk to somebody. There's pressure cookers that happen. The pressure cookers that were happening in my life, 2019, 2020, 2021, unearthed these emotions of these unaddressed nine people who betrayed me in the last 20 years, and I never got to talk to somebody about it. Six hours of counseling about betrayal in my life. Things I... Didn't think I needed to talk about, and I needed to talk about it. And just talking with somebody, Christian counselor, I was healed of those wounds where I realized those wounds shouldn't be wounds. Those wounds should be scars, battle scars. And if you're coming to Jesus to avoid a battle or pain, I just want to come to Jesus because I don't want to feel pain. He didn't say that. He said, come to me, all weary, and I will give you rest. That when you basically go on the battlefield, that when you were 
pressed on every side, crushed but not destroyed, that by the grace of God, he will hold you, sustain you, carry you when you cannot walk, and he'll cause all things to come together for the good for those who love him. To believe that something good could come from something bad is so hard to believe when you're in that moment. So the first place that God started for me was the attitude of gratitude. I tell you, I was on the soccer field at age 13, and my friend's getting ready to kick it to me, and he says, are you ready? And I'm like, yes! And I'm like freaking out, because I'm a little guy compared to a full-size soccer ball, and if that thing hits me, it's like, man, I could break a leg. And so it's like, <laughs> he boots his ball right for me, like boom, and this thing's coming right for me, and so I actually jump up in the air, and while I'm in the air, I do this silly kick, where I just put my foot up in the air like a Matrix thing, like a karate kick kick, and the ball comes uh, bends my foot back on itself, and I hear a, and I'm like, ah! and my foot goes, ah. I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't use my foot for three weeks. I was in bed. I'm like, on my back, looking at the ceiling, and I'm like, man, I'm never gonna complain about having no limbs. Seriously, I'm so thankful for my little foot. Listen, my, my last name, Vujicic, is not American. Do you believe me? <laughs> it comes from former Yugoslavia, Serbia. My grandfathers were imprisoned for their faith. My, my parents fled the country. They were in refugee camps. My parents told me to be thankful. They didn't give me what I want, when I wanted it, how I wanted it. Because then I would never be thankful for anything. I vacuumed the floor with my shoulder and my chin for $2 a week. If I wanted something, I bought it with my own money. We want to help an orphan. I help with my own money. Why? Because my parents had incredible wisdom to instill that attitude of gratitude. But I tell you, I was so thankful for my foot moving forward. And then as I'm, you know, okay, I'm thankful I got over my hatred in the fact that God never answered me. Why was I born this way? Why was I born this way? I want to believe in heaven. I want to believe that Jesus died for my sins. I want to believe that the only assurance of salvation, there are so many people who say that they're a religion just because their family was that religion. But they either haven't really read their holy scripture to the point where they actually realize that they actually may not have the assurance of salvation. And it's based on good deeds and, and how many times you do this and how many times you do that. So many religions like that. And in the end, you're not sure that when you meet the judge of judges, if he says yes or no. For me, I would rather not depend on my righteousness and good deeds compared to God who is holy and Jesus who had no sin, who was more than a prophet, more than a teacher. He said he was God died on the cross for a reason. And our scriptures, as Christianity explains in the Holy Bible text, that he was dead. He died. But while his body died in the tomb, he didn't stay in the tomb. Where did Jesus go? He went down to hell. And he had a meeting in hell. It's only, have you, have you heard this? It's all in the Bible. And he had a speech. And what did he take from hell? The keys. 
He took the keys and he says, here. Who else said that they went to hell and held the keys? Who else said that they were God? And that's why Jesus had the victory over hell itself. And then he took the keys, the authority, and as his body arose, do you know that the Bible also says that as Jesus rose from the dead, other dead people rose around too? Isn't that cool? Dead people walking. It's like, what is going on? And you look at this. No one else claimed that they were the Messiah. No one else claimed that they were God. No one else died and then rose again and also was seen by everybody. And if I believe that in my walk with God that I'm thankful for him, but really it's, it's, it's more of not just thankful for what he gives me, who cares if I have arms and legs, if I don't know where my soul is actually in after my last breath? Would I not rather have a life without limbs than a life without heaven? I want to know the truth. Forget about limbs. Limbs are going to give me arthritis later on anyway. It doesn't matter about arms and legs. But I want to know the truth. I want to live forever. We all want to live forever. Because that's how God designed us. And for me, I wanted to know why was I born this way. I wanted that assurance. I wanted to believe that heaven was for me too. But I wanted to know why. We know that bad things happen to all people. Not because of God, but what the enemy tried to use for bad, God can turn into good. But I also still wanted to know why. There had to be a why. And I wanted to know it. And at age 15, I found out. I read my Bible. And God spoke. Clear as day. John chapter 9. A man was born blind. Jesus, Rabbi, why was he born that way? Was it because of his sin that he was born blind? What kind of a question is that? You know, I'll never forget, I was, it's like reincarnation, no? That in his previous life that he sinned and now he came back blind because of his sin? For me, I was at an airport and I was 12 years old and this stranger, this woman came up and she said, were you born this way? And I said, yes. She said, would you like to know why? And I'm like, yes. She said, well, I know. I said, okay. She said, in your previous life. And I'm like, ding, 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 what? I mean, I don't know how she found me in my previous life. I don't even have fingerprints to this life. I don't. I just. She said, in your previous life, you were really bad, and now you're born limbless. And I said, okay. I mean, what do you what do you say? Thank you so much. <laughs> she said, but don't worry. I said, why? She said, because there's, uh, now that you're a good boy, uh, in your next life, you'll come back like a butterfly. And I had instant flashbacks of the butterflies I've killed in my wheelchair. I said, I don't want to be a butterfly. 
You see, there's a, a difference between belief and hope. And unfortunately, even in the Christian sense, we get it wrong sometimes as a church. Just believe enough and do good enough and it's going to happen. That's like a genie. Sometimes God says no. Well, just give to the church and you'll become a millionaire. I know this ain't preaching this church. I know this church well. That's why we're here. But I'm just saying even in the Christian realm, we must understand that everyone has different beliefs. But the bottom line is there has to be one truth. But we don't really care until what truth is for you actually offends me. And what we must understand is truth is truth. And when you know the truth, it will not only just set you free. You don't have to hope that you hope that you hope that you're good enough to hope to go to a place that you hopefully know that you hope exists. It's like buying a carton of milk for two bucks. It gets scanned, beep, two bucks, bang. And you give them a dollar and you say, I hope that's enough. They'll tell you yes or no. No, or I hope you can give it to me. Good luck. When it says two bucks and it's paid, you don't have to hope. Does that mean, does that, does that, does that register? You know it's enough. So to get to heaven, you need to be perfect. None of us are perfect. The wage of sin is death. So to get into heaven, the payment is death. You have sins that we're accountable for, therein we're going to die. But if Jesus, who had no sin, who didn't have to die, chose to die and pay the price of death, then someone who paid the price of death, therein it's paid, and I don't have to hope anymore that it's enough. And when you stop believing, say, God, if you have a plan for my life, I want to know it. And that belief then continues to build your faith up. Yes, God, help me. Oh, I'm going to fall. I'm going to fail. Yes, he'll pick you up. You keep on going. But what happened for me was the greatest disability realization of all, which is what I want to tell you what happened at age 15. But Emily, can you come up and play piano, please? For me, that will be pretty awesome. I play piano, but I'm not warmed up yet. <laughs> what I want you to understand is this disability that I really had. I wanted to know why was I born that way. You know what Jesus said? It was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. Jesus spits in the dirt, gets the mud, and puts it on the blind man's face. Imagine if I'm the blind man. And I hear a khtum. And you, you feel someone approaching and giving you a facial. Would you not say, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Stop. Tell me what your plan is. And then I'll decide if I trust you. The blind man stood still. 
and he allowed the miracle to happen. You see, if God told me the plan when I wept myself to sleep, longing for arms and legs, if he took me to heaven and had a conversation with me and said, Nick, don't worry. You're going to get married. You're going to have four kids. And you're going to have one of the largest influential global ministries of evangelism the world has ever seen. I got a really good plan. And here it all is. I would die of overload. I would die of shock. I would die of disbelief. I would die because I can't contain that. Do you understand? But even more importantly, if I know the plan, then where's my need for faith? You know, my favorite part about my life is here on earth, not seeing God, is knowing that I please Him when I don't feel good, when I don't see good, when I don't know how good can come, and I say, I trust you. It's a relationship. He's my father. I'm his son. I'm his son. I'm adopted in his family. You too? I'm your half-brother. We're more than conquerors. We're not here as human beings. It's so much greater. And how much more love I have for my God when I had to trust Him and He came through. And I prayed for a miracle and He said no. And I still said, I love you still. I trust you still. My dad died of cancer. I know he's gone to heaven. We're citizens of heaven passing through. This earth sucks. Sucks compared to where we're going. Sucks. And I can't wait to go, man. But until then, until then, I'm going to stand in front of the gates of hell and redirect traffic and tell everybody that the purpose you're looking for is in no place no other person but Jesus Christ and you tell the world that Jesus lives and you go and heal the brokenhearted and you go feed the poor and you clothe the naked and you let them know this is it this is it what you're looking for is in God it's not what the school thinks of you it's not what social media thinks of you it's not a job it's not an amount of money it's not if you get married or if you have kids or not it's not about getting to a point in your life where you feel like you can relax and now you've got things in control if you're waiting for that place in your life to actually finally take a rest you ain't gonna find it without him period. And you will try your plans and your plans will fail and you will put your trust in people and people will fail and you can't even get over your own addiction nor affliction nor oppression or anything around you. If we really believe that we can do it without God, then good luck. 
good luck and I love you. God bless you. But I'm just telling you, I couldn't do this without him. Without the forgiveness of sins. Without my relationship with Jesus Christ. He was my champion of champions. And he loves you. And he's coming to rescue you. He knew that you were calling out to him a couple months ago, a couple nights ago, a couple years ago. He knows the callous of any part of your heart. He knows the numbness that you feel. He knows what you're feeling. And he sent me here to tell you that he loves you. And he ain't done with you yet. And if you trust in him, he's got exceedingly abundantly more than you can ever ask, imagine, or attain. And it has nothing to do with your bank account. It's what you really need. Peace. You think the fight's real? You think this is just a show on the road? No. When you fight on the battlefield, attacks come. And that's when you put on your armor. It's time for you to see the good fight. To see God has for you is nothing but good. To get up and awaken out of any depression. And He loves you just the way that you are. The brokenness, the heaviness. There is no one that's too far for Him to reach. And he wants to reach you tonight. So at age 15, I said, yes, God, come into my life. I don't want my plan. Forgive me on my sin. I'm a sinner. I know I'm never going to be perfect, but I'm going to strive to be who you want me to be. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. I'll believe that you are my only God and I'll deny every other God. And I'll follow you. I never thought that at age 17, God would then use the janitor of my high school to say, you're going to be a worldwide speaker. He arranged my first speech at my high school in front of five kids. And I, I didn't know what to say. My palms were sweaty. My knees were shaking. And people started crying. And then a church invited me and this and that and that. How? Walking with Jesus. One step at a time. Holding on to truth. One day at a time. Are you free? Or are you still in a prison of sin? A prison of dependency on how good you are today. Shame, condemnation. Come to Jesus. He died for all of that. All of it. And he'll open up that prison bar, that gate walk out free that that is what he wants you to feel tonight 
So tonight from the front to the back, I want to give an opportunity. You're feeling the Holy Spirit stir you up. Part of you is like, oh, no, no, I've got this addiction. I need to stop this addiction before I come to Jesus Christ. Did not Jesus come for the addicted, for the broken, for the weary? He didn't come for the well. He came for the sick. And he'll meet you where you're at, exactly where you're at. Oh, but if I become a Christian, what will other people think of me? It's where you deny yourself and you follow him. You can't change other people's hearts, but God does. But the truth is here. It's in Jesus Christ. And he wants you free and healed on the inside. We'll pray for physical miracles tonight. But the greatest miracle of all is knowing Him. Just like every other time, I call people forward. Yeah, I call people forward to get up out of their seats to come forward and say a prayer with me. To say, yes, God, come into my life, forgive me on my sin. I want your plan, not mine, your strength, not mine. Why do I have to get out of my seat, Nick? Yeah, sure, God can hear you wherever you pray. But if you can't stand up for a faith decision in a church building in a night like tonight, then how can you stand up for your faith out there? This is not for people who already have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's for people who, whether they had a religion or not before, to stand up and say, yeah. This made a ton of sense tonight. And my heart, I know I haven't found what I'm looking for yet. If God has a plan for me, and His Son actually is Jesus Christ, who actually died for my sins, and He actually rose from the grave, I want to know that God who loves me who walks with me and won't judge me in a way that I feel judged in this or that. Let me just tell you straight up, He will tell you what needs to be fixed. He will show you what needs to be cleansed. He will show you what needs to be undone. He will show you what needs to be healed. He will show you what is right. But not even the best carpenter can come in and fix the house until you let him in the house. And God says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Do you hear him knocking on your heart? Will you answer? Oh, Nick, I don't want to make that decision. No, not tonight. Not tonight. Then that's your decision tonight.
I don't know about you, but I am not promised tomorrow. So please be understanding that indecision is a decision. Will you make your life right with Jesus Christ? Some of you think you're Christian, but you're actually playing church. You ain't going to heaven because you attend church. Do you know that you know that you know you're saved? Do you have that saving relationship with Jesus Christ? Some of you teenagers, you've laxed the rules because he's Christian and I love him. Well, if he's Christian and he loves you and you want to put God first in your marriage, how do you expect that he's going to put God first in your marriage if he can't put God first now and keep his pants on? He needs to be the man of God to lead not just you, but your babies. I want you to know God loves you and He's ready to receive you. In a moment, I'm just going to say, stand up and come. And when you see people standing and coming, I want you to clap them on down. If you're watching online, you can join us with this prayer. But right now in this room, if you know you need to make your life right with Jesus Christ, stand and come right here to the stage and we'll say a prayer and your life will never be the same again. He wants to take away your burdens. He wants to take your depression. He wants to heal you and He wants to set you free from the prison you're in and help you to know that He wants to adopt you as His son or daughter right now into that family. He will look after you. He'll always give you what you need and He'll never leave you no matter what. So right now from the front to the back, stand and come forward if you know you need to make your life right with God. Stand and come. Come down. It's one. It's two. Keep coming, come on, keep coming. Counselors, just go to the sides. Counselors, just go to the sides, please. Counselors to the side. Awesome. I just want to tell you right now, that there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm waiting for another ten. Right now, you know that God is tugging you in your heart right now to come and be with us up here. And if you're the person saying, Well, I, I do want to go there, but I don't want to go alone. It's awesome. Simply turn to the person next to you and say, Hey. I really want to go up there, but I don't want to go alone. Will you come up with me? And guess what they're going to say? Yes. Final call right now. Come down with friends. Stand up and come on down. Stand up and come on down. That's one, 
two. Come on, come on, church. You can do better than that. Let's give God a shout of praise for about what's to happen. One, two, three, four. I'm waiting for six more. Five, six. Waiting for four more with friends. Come on, there's a lot more. One, two, three. Waiting for another one. 11, 12, 13, 14. Come on, keep coming. Keep coming. It's not too late. Make a move. Stand right now. Just come. Just come. Just come. There's another one, two. Awesome. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you have a plan for us. Your word says that you knew our name before the earth began. And today, you just can't stop thinking about us. You got more precious thoughts of of us than all the grains of sand in the world. And you look at us like your child or your children. And you're just waiting for us to reach out to you. You're waiting for us to talk with you. You're waiting for us to say, yes, God. Help me today. Help me today. Help me today. Father, we thank you that you are a God that that does love us, that you're always with us. We ask God for anybody who's in a physical ailment or ill part of our body, sickness, disease, pain, all the physical healings in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray for that right now. Sickness and cancer to be gone. Bones and marrow and nerve and tissue and skin cells and our nerve system. Father, we thank you that from the top of our head to our tips of our fingers and toes, we pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit that would right now bring miraculous healing in our bodies. And Father, we thank you that the greatest miracle of all, though, is knowing you, that our soul would be rescued that we would find you and hope and strength and peace and love and joy, a joy that the world cannot give, a healing that the world cannot give. Oh God, you see our tears. Our tears are a language that you understand. You know our sorrow and our cares. Hold us, Lord. Hold us. If you're up the front, please repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear God, I come to you today and I thank you for loving me. I believe your son, Jesus Christ, died for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins. I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I want to live for you. I need you. Heal me and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a hunger to know you more, to read my Bible, 
to pray every day. I want your plan, not mine. I need your strength. So help me, please, every day. Give me faith to know you're with me and you'll never leave me. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. If you're up the front, I just want you to know I love you and you can take your time, but if you can, please get back up to your feet and I want you to look at me. Get back up on your feet and I want you to look at me. I want you to know Jesus loves you so much. And there's nothing that you can do that'll make him love you more or less what you've done today is turn away from those lies to his his love and his truth for you there'll be times where you fail and you fall and he'll pick you up that's why it's good to come to church if you don't have a church welcome to your home church we're here not to receive from you we're here to serve you we're here to pray for you and your family. We're here to help you in your commitment to Jesus. And I want you to know tomorrow morning you might wake up and say, man, that was amazing. What do I do now? Good question. I just want you to know you don't have to figure it all out, but a great way that you could start is if you don't have a Bible, we'll give you one, but there's a portion of the Bible that we always tell people to go to first. It's in the book of John. It's about three quarters of the way through the Bible. 21 chapters. Takes about 15 minutes to read a chapter slowly to see the life of Jesus. To see the words of Jesus. To see how Jesus lived. And it's a easy part of the Bible to start to see who Jesus is and was. And above that, we have an incredible follow-up team. They've got their little badges on, yellow badges, and they're either going to come up behind you or you can just, this way you can go that way and this way you can go that way. And it's just as important as your decision to come up here is your decision to go and just spend a minute to receive. There's a beautiful bag. Can you guys hold up that beautiful bag of goodies? This is yours. And we want to help you and get you more information on some videos of mine to help you along the way. We're going to help you on the next steps. So please know this is just the beginning. And before you move, I want Pastor Greg to say just a, a sentence or two as God leads. Hey. So this is a beautiful sight, beautiful evening, God's blessing and presence here. And as Nick was saying, there are folks with lanyards and and these blue bags. Those of you who've responded tonight, if you'll just spend a few moments kind of gathered up with each of those, 
We have uh, this bag of information. We want to help you take the next steps. These are important questions. What do I do now? And we want to help you any way we can. Um, can you just give a God bless you to Nick and his uh, life and work tonight? Isn't that beautiful? So good. There you go. There you go. Oh. A remarkable human being. We thank you for you for coming and with your team to Muncie, Indiana. What a great blessing for us. Thank you so much. Nick and his team have let me ask you, how much did it cost you to get in tonight? So all the expenses have been paid and that sort of thing. But Nick's ministry, did you hear him say he wants to reach a billion people? between now and 2028, that's a big, that's a big vision. I understand most of us can't get our mind around that, but this guy has doors of opportunity that open to him and this is what he can see and his team believes for. And so there are many, many ways that you can be part of what God is doing through Life Without Limbs. And if you'll stop at the table on your way out, Go online to Life Without Limbs, and there are ways that you can serve, volunteer, be part of a prayer team, intercessory team, all kinds of ways that you can be part of this ministry, and I'd encourage you to do it. Nick and Union Chapel, we've been talking about this uh, for a long time now. We are partnering together to actually plant churches in prisons, and it's already starting to happen, and God is giving us enormous favor, and it is a powerful opportunity God's giving us. So one way you can be part of that is stop at the table out in the cafe tonight on your way out. There are beautiful books which Nick has written, very powerful, best-selling books that you can hand to your children and grandchildren in the category of, of boldness and bullying and those kinds of things. T-shirts are available. Nick's been sporting these all all weekend. He's got his champions t-shirt on right now. Last service, it was, I am not ashamed of the gospel. We thought he was the best one to be wearing it. We sold out. That's why I'm not wearing that one. Well, on that one. So here's the deal just between Union Chapel people and your pastor right now, stop there and make sure there's nothing left on the table uh, until you leave. Just buy up everything. Even if you don't want it, just buy it. Hand it to people. Tell the counselors to start administering the stuff. Tell the counselors to start talking to them. Yeah, so those of you who are counseling, go ahead and, and, and start gathering folks and start your conversations with them right now. That would be great. And as they're uh, finishing up this very most important work, uh, let me just pray for us, okay? Are you ready? Are you at peace tonight? Is it well with your soul? Have you received what you need? I, I trust that you have. So let me bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Today, the days to come forevermore at peace. In Jesus' name. And all the people said. Amen. Amen. Rich blessings to you all. Have a good evening.